the best way to stay on the road is to not lose your RV. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. Living the RV life. Leave the cold behind and enjoy some sunshine. Head to Florida, Arizona, Texas, or Southern California. You know, just because it's wintertime, it doesn't mean that the RVing has to come to an end. Fly south, if you will. Take your RV and head to one of the sunshine states. You know, Florida, Arizona, Texas, Southern California, during the winter months, they still enjoy sunshine every day. You don't have the cold weather. They're wonderful places to go. You know, they, they really pick up. And, you know, with that being said, you do want to plan your trip, make sure that there are available spaces, you know, at the RV parks, because so many RVers flock to those areas. And why is that? It's because the winter or the weather in the winter months is just awesome. You know, it doesn't matter which state, of, even Southern California. Now, Southern California is part of California, unfortunately. But, you know, it does stay nice there, the Palm Springs area, Indio, you know, and everything farther south, you know, the closer you get to the Arizona border, of course, you know, it gets nicer, but, you know, it's more deserty. But there's a lot of places out there, Quartzsite. Well, actually, excuse me, that's Arizona, getting my, my states mixed up here. But nonetheless, Southern California, you know, you have those hot spots, Indio, Palm Springs, like I said, there's a lot of RV parks there. You're not too far from Los Angeles, San Diego. San Diego would be another great place to go. So if you need to do shopping, other types of things, take care of some business, you're definitely in the right spot. Now, Florida, Arizona, and Texas, they definitely have the great winter weather. And, you know, each one of those states has a lot to do. You know, it doesn't matter where you go in Florida or Arizona or Texas. There's a lot of things to do to keep you busy. It's not just sit, get there and sit down and do nothing. That's for sure. So there's, you know, fishing, ATVing, you know, places to eat, shopping, sightseeing, all the things that you'll want to do in the wintertime in your RV. And not to mention what's cool about it when you go to one of those places is you're set up for months at a time, usually. So you can just make yourself at home. Makes it very nice. Then you get out of the winter weather in the northern part of the U.S. You don't have to worry about your RV freezing. You don't have to winterize because you're where it's nice and sunny and warm. So if you want the warm weather in the wintertime, you want to enjoy yourself during the wintertime, get a tan in the wintertime, fly south. Head to Florida, Arizona, Texas, or Southern California. Now, let's get into the nuts and bolts here, staying on the road. Today, we're going to talk about your RV. And what I said earlier, the best way to stay on the road is to not lose your RV. So what I really mean by that is do not let it get stolen. And RVs do get stolen. You know, for a comparison, how many cars have you had stolen over your lifetime? You know, you owned a car. One day it's there, the next day it's not. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, my, I know my dad, his cars got stolen all the time. I don't know what it was. Maybe because he left the keys in them. <laughs> that might have been it. So me personally, I haven't really ever had anything major stolen from cars to trailers. You know, I've had some wheels stolen off of trailers and, you know, behind a 
uh, wrought iron fence, you know, kind of a secure area. And that was about it. So I'm going to have to go to a lot of work to do that. Um, I've never used alarm systems. I don't like them. I don't trust them. They seem like they're more of a nuisance than they are a, a deterrent. I will say I did have a motorcycle one time. Now, I left it unprotected. It was brand new, um, very sharp-looking bike, and I caught someone right in the act of trying to steal it. Now, that was, I'm going to say, my fault because it was too easy to steal. So if you make it hard for someone to steal, it definitely slows them down. But if someone really wants it, they're going to get it. You know, it just depends on how bad they want it. Now, I, I had a friend at one time who had an RV stolen right out of his driveway in the middle of the day. So it happens. And over the years with the customers coming into the store, talking to them on the phone, you know, they relate stories about their RVs getting stolen. And, you know, sometimes I find out that their RV got stolen because they're buying all this stuff like they're outfitting a new RV. So I might ask, hey, do you get a new RV? And then they explain, well, no, my RV was in storage and it got stolen. It does happen. And it doesn't matter if it isn't a car or an RV we spend a lot of time getting them the way we want them to be. You know, we do all the accessories, make it nice, it's personalized, it's our RV. Then, of course, it gets stolen and we have to start all over again. And that really is lame. So have you ever heard the saying, I'm sure you have, drive it like you stole it. So in reality, what that means is to run it into the ground. What do I mean by that? Well, when a car gets stolen or an RV gets stolen, who would want it back after days or weeks of abuse? You know, you think about a car. Someone steals your car. Do you think they really care if they destroy the engine, if they destroy the suspension, if they hit things, go over a speed bump at 80 miles an hour, hit a curb at 60 miles an hour? They're not going to care. It's stolen. Drive it like you stole it. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what happens to it. And so you, someone steals your RV, you know, they might not be hitting speed jump bumps at 80 miles an hour. They might not be hitting curbs, but they're certainly not going to take care of it. If they're driving, are they just pedal to the metal all the time? You know, just wearing out that engine, wearing out the transmission, you know, taking off from a dead stop to a, you know, full throttle as fast as they possibly can. See, that damages things. And those are damages sometimes you can't see for quite some time. You know, down the road, maybe 1,000 miles, 2,000 miles, the transmission falls out. And there's other abuses, you know, that they can do. But basically, you know, when someone steals your car, your RV, if you don't get it back within minutes, who wants it back, period? Me, personally, I'd rather take a total loss and run it through the insurance company rather than worry about the unseen damage that'll come and bite me later on. Now, you can lock your RV. You know, of course you can do that. That'll slow the thief down. It's not going to stop them. You know, in, in most locks, well, first let me say this. You know, I know online, you know, if you Google, like, protect my RV, you know, extra security from my RV, you're probably going to run across websites and videos showing you how to put in extra deadbolt locks or telling you to do it. I'd like to see them try it. RV doors are not like a house where you can just put in multiple locks. Like you see a TV show in New York and they got like, you know, New York apartment, they got eight locks on the door. You're not going to do that on an RV. Can't be done. There's not enough there to do it with. 
So it's pretty ridiculous to someone for someone to say that. And you know, more locks, I don't know, is that really going to keep your RV safe? Probably not. It might slow down the guy if someone doesn't really want to work that hard. You know, one thing you have going for you today is a lot of people are just lazy anymore. So they might not want to just work the locks, you know, ah, this RV is too hard. But if someone wants it, they're going to get it. And like I said, locks are a joke. You know, it doesn't matter what they are. Steering wheel locks, wheel locks, it doesn't matter. They're a joke. You know, they, they might keep someone who's honest, honest. But if you go to this, uh, go to YouTube and check out the videos that this guy does, he's called the Lock Pick Lawyer. He shows how easy it is to get past most locks. I mean, it's ridiculous. In fact, there's a lock that's used on government buildings, police departments, prison systems that you can open or pick with a magnet. Pretty simple. So locks are not the answer. And, you know, most RVs get stolen while they're in storage. And that, you know, that makes sense. Your RV's sitting there for days at a time. No one's paying, or weeks at a time, months at a time. It looks to some people like it's just abandoned, even though it's not. It's just in storage. And storage doesn't have to be at a storage lot. It could actually be on your own property. So that's the time where someone's going to look at it. It's sitting there. They scope it out. Hmm, these people are gone every day. Or the storage lot, you know, the gate's open from this time to that time. There's no one there. Or if the gate's not open, you can still get in and out. Not a problem. You know, most storage lots, their security is okay, and you can get past it. You know, it's not really that big of a deal. So to protect your RV, you don't need some complex, sophisticated, overly overly done solution. You need something that works and is very simple to deploy, something that's not complicated. So this is where GPS trackers come in. And today I'm going to talk about a specific company because they have the GPS trackers that work. They're awesome. And the company is WearSafe. So they have a line of GPS trackers that were developed for them by Trackem, who manufactures GPS trackers for businesses to track their vehicles and other things. So that might be a company that has a fleet of semis and they have a GPS tracker in every semi. Maybe it's in the trailers of the semis or a company that owns 100 tow trucks. So they're tracking all these vehicles. But, you know, their systems are more complex because there's so many vehicles. It's a fleet versus just one vehicle, like in your case, with an RV. So these GPS trackers are a little more complex. They're sophisticated. But with the help of TrackEm, WearSafe can turn a highly vulnerable RV into a secure fortress without the complexities to make it difficult to use. So the WearSafe GPS trackers simply connect to a mobile device like your phone, and now you can see any movement from your RV in real time. Now that's cool. So let's think about that for a minute talk about it. So these GPS trackers are simple to use. You put it in your RV, you connect it to your phone, you know, via an app, you download the WearSafe app for that tracker, and all that's free. Now, there is a monthly service uh, fee or contract um, because you do have to buy the tracking service so you can see it in real time on the Internet or on your phone and to get those notifications if something happens. But, you know, they have a you know an annual plan. I think it's 120 bucks, and they have a 
a uh, seasonal plan where you pay for, I forget how many months out of the year, I'm sorry, but it is on their website. But don't go run to their website yet. Um, I have a link on our podcast website, thesmartrvier.com, where you'll save 10% on all of that. So you do have a service fee, which isn't a big deal. You know, what's the price of that versus the value of your RV and the peace of mind? So, you know, if your RV is in a storage lot and someone takes it, see, this is the difference. Okay, they break in, so you don't have 16 locks on the door, so all they're going to do is break a window or pick the lock, do whatever they're going to do to get in. It's going to be less damage getting in because, believe me, people stealing stuff, they really don't care about the damage. If there's three locks, they're just going to tear that door to shreds. I've seen it. I've owned an RV storage lot, and, man, what... People do to get inside an RV. It's ridiculous. So sometimes the damage, you know, could be thousands of dollars before they even stole the RV. So let's say your RV gets stolen. It's in an RV storage lot, and they're able to drive right out the gate. Well, you're going to know the moment that RV moved. You're going to get a notification on your phone. It says, hey, RV moving. You need to do something. Well, it doesn't really say that, but, you know, that's the, the intent of it. And so... You get on the phone, you call the police and say, hey, my RV's in the storage lot. It's moving now. I have a GPS real-time tracking from WearSafe. You can even give the police department your credentials. They can log in and follow it and find the, the scumbags that stole your RV. So it might, only, it might just be minutes before you get your RV back, but it's not going to be days or weeks. You're going to get it back quickly and less damage. Now, your RV gets stolen. Let's say they go... 10 blocks in it. Let's say they go 30 miles. You know, that's palatable. You can deal with that because it's not going to be destroyed in those 30 miles. Maybe they're just heading to the place where they're going to strip it down and, you know, sell out the parts or who knows what they're going to do with it. Put it in their backyard and live in it. Who knows? But you avoid all of that. And that's pretty simple. You know, you just call the police. Here's where it's at. And, of course, they go and find it. Now, it might not work that quick depending on how busy they are, that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, you can get your RV back quickly. So that's the big difference. You know, they might steal it, but you get it back, and it's less damage. I mean, seriously, um, you know, a, a lock on a door is nothing. You're talking 50 bucks. A new entrance door for an RV, you know, could run up to $1,000 easy depending on what kind of RV you have. Just a travel trailer can be five, $600 just for a door. Plus labor to install it and all that. And if it has paint on it, you know, getting it repainted to match. So you can see how more complicated it is than just a door. You know, a lock is a lot easier way to go if they drill out a lock or break the lock or pick the lock. Now, another really cool thing about the, the GPS trackers from WearSafe, and I say WearSafe because these are the only guys that I have found that do this this way. You know, these guys really have it nailed down. So here's another thing that you can get from them. It's called a geofence. So if you haven't heard of a geofence, you've probably seen them, driven through one, didn't even know it. I shouldn't say you've seen them. They're invisible. <laughs> but you probably had an experience with one. So if you live in an area, um, say you're driving down the street, and generally it's, uh, you know, it's not going to be rural. It's going to be a city more common in bigger cities. But, you know, you can even here in Hamilton, they're, they're here. So you're driving down the street, and you, you're you in the vicinity of, let's say, a McDonald's. And all of a sudden, you get a message on your phone, a text message saying, hey, come get a cup of coffee. 
half price at McDonald's. And you look up, wow, there's a McDonald's right there. Well, you just drove through their geofence. It's an invisible fence that's a, a perimeter around their place. It's set up electronically. So when you drive through it, it automatically sends you a text message. Okay, so that's you driving into a geofence, and now you're going to get a cup of coffee, half price, or whatever. So here's what they can do. Let's say your RV's um, in a storage lot, but at the same storage lot, they also have propane, they have a dump facility, and they also have customer service where you call them up and say, hey, I'm going to take my RV out on the 25th of the month, and I want to have it ready to go, and we'll be down there at you know, 4 in the afternoon. So can you go ahead and make sure the tanks are empty, fill the propane, and have it ready to go for us? You know, have it in our space, turned around, pointed out, whatever it is. So the RV is going to be moving around in the storage lot for a few minutes while they do this. So if there's a geofence around the storage lot, your RV can move safely because you can see where it's at, but it's not going to set off the alarm or have a notification. It's not going to say alarm. It's not going to send the notification to you because it's within that fenced perimeter. So it's okay. Now, if someone at that RV or the, uh, the storage facility takes it off the property outside of the geofence, now you're going to get a notification saying, hey, you got a problem here. So maybe the employee decided he's going to take your RV for a little drive and go get lunch or something. You would know that. It'd be the same thing with your property at home. Maybe you go to work during the day. You could have your property set up. So the minute it leaves your property, you know, and that way if someone in the, in the family drove it on the property, moved it, it's not a big deal. No notification. But if they leave the property, it drives through that geofence, and now you get a notification. And that's sweet. You know, that really is. Um, you could have it a, a, uh, if it's at some place where it sits like that and gets moved around. So it's nice. And, you know, there are times, like at my house, you know, I got a piece of land, and I move cars all the time. So this way I'd avoid getting these push notifications that, you know, there's a problem. And once I drove off the property, then you get the notification saying there's a problem. It's pretty nice. These are things you can do with a GPS tracker. And like I said, where safe is, are the guys that have this technology that works the way it does? It's so simple, so easy to use. And, you know, their technology, because the way these GPS trackers are made, you can put them on more than one application. So if you had a couple RVs and, you know, you're... Maybe you have one at home and or both are at home and you have a reason to have, you know, two RVs and you're going to let your friend borrow one or maybe it's even your RV. You could just take it out of yours and put it in there. And as they take it, you can see what they're doing. You know, that's probably not a normal thing, but you could take it from the RV, put it in your car. You know, if you're going to take your car someplace and you want to make sure there's nothing hanky going on with it, you could put it in your car while it's at, let's say, the repair facility or wherever it might be, the body shop. Make sure it doesn't leave there. It's not getting taken home at night. You know, a lot of shops do that kind of stuff. They drive what's there. Nice thing about this is if you rent your RV out, and a lot of people do anymore. I have a lot of customers here in Hamilton, Montana, that rent their RVs, and they do it to supplement their income. And, you know, they got this RV. They're paying for it. Why not make some money off of it? So you rent it out, and generally there's, you know, contracts. There's agreements that are made that you can only take this RV to where you say you're going. So if you say you're going to North Dakota, where are you going at? You know, where are you stopping? And, you know, they kind of get an itinerary so they know where their RV is going to be at. So I had a customer come in, they rent their RV to someone who was supposed to be heading like to Utah. Well, they decided to head to uh, South Dakota 
And they also wanted to go on like 500 miles of dirt road. Now that was not in the contract. It wasn't in the agreement, but these people didn't know that the RV was heading that way. And that's what was going to happen to it. When they got it back, not only was it filthy, it had a few thousand dollars worth of damage to it because the dirt roads were so rough and the people just didn't care. And that's the damage they could see, you know, visibly see. There's probably some things that were going to come and bite them later on. You know, as time goes on, they're going to find out the leaf springs break, things like that. The tires now are, you know, have, uh, you know, balloon marks in them from hitting, you know, rocks or whatever. Things that you can't always see right away that kind of show their ugly head later on. So if they had a GPS tracker, they could have called that person and said, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? That's not in the contract. You need to turn around right now. Stop, you know, whatever. So there's some benefits there. That's pretty cool, you know, and it's a simple application on your phone or your computer. You know, you can track it on your computer as well. There's different ways to mount. You know, we're talking about all this different stuff, and it all sounds cool, but you're probably wondering, how do we mount this? Well, that's easy. You know, there's a magnetic version. You can get a, a you know, an add-on magnetic mount for their most popular one, which is the X-Tracker. They're portable, so you can just, you know, different versions of it portable. They can be hardwired in. Um, there's an OBD version, which, you know, the OBD port on your vehicle plugs right into there. RVs have them as well. And, you know, there is a way to hide that OBD because generally an OBD port is below the steering wheel at the bottom of the dash. It's visible. Some cars it's not, but a lot of cars it is. And it wouldn't matter either way if it's visible or not. They have this Y cable that you unplug the back of the OBD port in. You put in this cable then plug the cable that normally went into the OBD port into the Y cable and now from the front side, it looks like it's just an OBD port that there's nothing plugged into it. So that's security, you know, it's a little more covert. So the OBD, you know, the tracker that goes in the ODB port now is visible underneath the dash tucked away. So even a thief, even a mechanic wouldn't know that it's there unless they're really looking for it because they don't have to remove anything from the port. So that's pretty nice. And so the different versions are on their website and they, you know, break it down, how they're, how they can be mounted, how they're wired, or if they're uh, rechargeable, which, you know, all of them are rechargeable, but you know, some can be hardwired. One of them can be hardwired, I should say. And the recharge on them, you know, when you charge them up, it doesn't last just for days. It's going to last for months, you know, maybe four months, eight months. It depends on the version. So even, you know, that's not a big deal. That's a long time for the battery to last. So you don't have to worry about that. You just want to make sure within that time you check it and recharge it. And you're going to be alerted too if there's a battery issue. And then there's also a personal tracker. Now this is not RV related, but it's pretty cool. So the personal tracker is just a small device. If your spouse is cheating on you, you're suspected. No, I'm just kidding. No, so this thing could be put in a, you know, if you have a kid going to school, you could put it in their backpack. I mean, you know, they would know. You could... Just throw it in your purse. You could carry it on your person. You could put it in a car. Just as a simple tracker, it's something that can be moved around. You have a you know a mother or father who's getting older and they're going out for the day with someone. Maybe you're worried about them. You could just hey, I'm putting this in your purse so I can just see where you guys are at. You know, make sure everything's okay. You know, my mom's getting to that age, and the OBD tracker is what we're going to put on her car. My brothers and I have talked about it because you know she likes to drive still and she can. 
So he's not an absolute danger, but she might get lost. And so we're going to do that just to make sure if she gets lost somewhere, we can help her get home. You know, we don't want her stuck someplace. She lives in Indio, California. You know, depending on the time of year, that could be a deadly thing. Our parents get older. Sometimes it's harder to, you know, keep track of them and help them to see that they sometimes are a danger to themselves. My mom's getting to that point. So this is something we're going to rely on. So these things really work good. The GPS trackers. Whether you get a, you know, a, you know, one you mount, you hardwire it in, and you just mount it and leave it, and there's do-it-yourself. They're not something complex unless you want to just have a shop do it, but it's really not that big of a deal. They don't have to be tucked away so deep into the RV you can't find them. Remember, you might have to recharge it, you know, if it's a portable version and not hardwired. So you don't want it hidden so good or so deep into the dash you can't get it. But remember, you know, you can put them in a lot of places. Thieves, when they steal an RV, they're not ransacking it first. They do that later on. So, you know, you can hide it pretty good. That's not going to be found by someone who's just stealing your RV. You know, you can tuck it away and you got a, you know, 50 cabinets underneath mattresses, the bed behind blinds. You know, there's a lot of places you can get clever that way. If it's not a magnetic mount, you can use adhesive. You know, there's ways of doing this to make it really you know, hidden, but still accessible when you need to access it. And it doesn't matter where it's at in the RV. It's going to work just fine. You know, just because it's here or there doesn't mean it's not going to be able to send out a signal. So the GPS trackers, like I said, there's going to be a link at the smartrver.com under episode number 90. And this link, when you use it, you will get 10% off. It'll take you to WearSafe's website and you'll save 10% on any of your purchase there. And that includes the service for uh, the service contract, if you will, for the uh, the fee for the monitoring, which, you know, really is the must-have portion of this. It makes it so cool. So now let's talk about where we're going to go next. The Florida Panhandle. How many of you have been to Florida? Raise your hand. I've always wanted to say that. Well, actually, I have said that. Can't see your hands. Kind of silly, right? So the Florida Panhandle is a pretty cool place. And, you know, I'm kind of on this wintertime RVing uh, destinations right now. And, you know, I learned about a lot of these places from customers talking about it, you know, during the winter time, we do a ton of business in Florida, sending them sunshades, things like that, help them keep cool. So Florida is one of those States that during the winter months stays pretty nice. And the Florida panhandle, which is the upper portion of the state, it's not the lower portion, the peninsula section. There's a lot to do there. You know, it's a nice area. You got the Atlantic on one side, you have the Gulf on the other. So, you know, you kind of get best of the best of two different worlds there. There's plenty of things to do in the panhandle. When we cover these things, you know, we do a lot of research. We have uh, Alexis who works for us. You know, she does all this research, finding these places, and there's a lot to be said. And it takes time. And my point of that is, there's so much to do in these places. We couldn't possibly cover it all in a, a few minutes on a podcast episode. You know, it could take at least a half an hour to give it some real justice. So what we're doing is throwing out places that we think you would enjoy. And the panhandle has a lot there. There's a lot of places to eat. And, you know, I always mention food, but you know, I know RVers, you got to eat. And if it's not, you know, something simple in the RV, you're outside the RV, you're barbecuing, and you're going out to eat. 
you know, you find the deals and that's cool. You know, you find these restaurants that have really good deals on really good food. But now one thing, if you like fish, this is the place to go. Tons of seafood there. Now me personally hate fish. <laughs> that's just me. That's my problem. But there's tons of food there or seafood, you know, restaurants galore. You know, there's a place called Schooners, the Saltwater Grill. There's a British eatery that has, um, that's known for its fish and chips. It's different stuff. It's not just everything's the same, which I think you understand that. You've traveled enough where you see that. And the RV resorts there, they're nice. They have pools, they're heated. You know, they have uh, the amenities to keep you busy if that's what you want to do. Some of them even have a free breakfast one day a week. So the Panhandle is a very cool place, um, and it's broken up into, you know, there's different counties there, and that's how we kind of have it split up on our little uh, write-up that we have on the website. If you're looking for a place to go and you're thinking of Florida, check out the Panhandle first. You know, and there's, like I said, the RV parks are nice, the restaurants are nice, and, of course, you've got the hole-in-the-wall restaurants, you've got the nice restaurants, you've got the hole-in-the-wall RV parks, you've got the nice RV parks, you got two bodies of water that you can be near. You can get some of these RV parks are right on the beach if that's where you want to go. Now, remember, you have to get your reservations in advance. Do not just drive to Florida thinking you're going to get a place to stay. So you're going to have to do your research. Get online and find the area you want to go. If it's the Panhandle, then start looking around there. Do you want to be on the Atlantic side? Do you want to be on the Gulf side? You know, do you want to be in the center? you know, the northern section, figure that out and then start trying to find, a you know, an RV park, RV resort to stay at. You know, they all call themselves RV resorts and I've seen some of them that they're not really resorts, not necessarily in Florida, but I think you know what I mean. Don't let the name deceive you. Look at the description and talk to them. And, you know, if you know people that go to Florida, ask them where they go. So we're just planting the seed here of some places to go. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about Texas, the Rio Grande Valley. And you know what I'd like you to do, if you can, go to the smartrver.com website and go to the Contact Us page. And there's a couple different ways where you can do this. But let me know about your favorite wintertime destination. In fact, if there's an episode you would like me to do, talk about something, Go there and and put it in at the contact us page. You can do it by video there. You can do it by email. We got it. It's no problem. Ever how you want to do it. You can do a video of yourself if you like. So do that and let me know where you'd like to go, what you'd like to see on the show. Always open for suggestions. RV Envy can show itself in many different ways. Like let's say... Your RV got stolen and you got it back in a couple hours and you shared that with your neighbor who happens to be an RV owner. See, he would have RV envy. He'd be going, how did you do that? Where do I get one of those? Because you would tell him about the wear safe GPS tracker that you got that you purchased from their website. So now these GPS trackers come in five different models. And as I said earlier, there's a model for everybody but the X tracker is one of the most popular ones along with the mag tracker. Those two are the most popular for RVs and it's mostly because they can be hardwired and the way they can be mounted. And that's the big bonus. But here's what I'd like you to do. If you want to protect your RV, 
you want to make sure that it's going to be there when you want to use it. You don't want to have to go through all the ugly hassles of a of a insurance claim or paying for costly repairs because it got stolen. Go to thesmartrver.com and click on the link for WearSafe to get your GPS tracker. All the information you need is on their website. And by using the link on thesmartrver.com, you're going to save 10% on your purchase and on the the uh, the subscription fees. So that's a pretty good savings, and that makes it worthwhile. So go ahead and do that and save some money and also keep your RV so you will have it the next time you want to go on a trip. You're not going to be saying, hey, where's my RV? Did it get stolen? Absolutely not. You will own it, and you'll be able to use it. So check that out at the smartrver.com, episode number 90. For any other thing that, you know, these things I'm talking about, the places to go, um, the RV lifestyle, GPS trackers, go to the smartrv.com. It's broken down in four sections right on the homepage, pretty easy to find. And everything from the show is there. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the show today. So we're still adjusting to this new format under the smartrv.com. So I hope it, you know, we adjust and keep getting it better and better and better, which that's the goal. So keep being a smart RVer. And if I don't see you on the road, we can connect at the smartrver.com. 